Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 602. Almost at the end of January. What a January it was as well. Uh, we won't forget this this month, that's for sure, for quite a while. Got a great panel, got a guest, a returning guest, a great friend of the show, Andrew Palmer, returning. And I think I've rustled up some stories with the help of the panel and a deep dive into the crevices of the internet. So I'm going to let the panel quickly introduce themselves. I'm going to let Andrew, our guest, introduce himself first. Andrew. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the Thank listeners? you, Jonathan. I'm Andrew Palmer, from, former founder of ElegantMarketplace.com, now uh, concentrating on wahi.io, W-A-A-H-H-I.io. So just trying to build some community around that. Thanks for having me. All right, yeah. And I've got Spencer. Spencer? Sure, Spence from launchflows.com. And I've got my friend, John. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John from LockdownSEO.com. And I've got the ladies. I've got Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? <coughs> I'm Sally Getch, not especially a lady. And uh, <coughs> I think you're, you're very much like a lady here. Um, <coughs> I am the WP fangirl and mostly here because people like my cat. Yeah. And I've got Heather. Heather likes cats. We found that out yesterday, <laughs> actually. She also loves cats. So, Heather, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Heather. I'm uh, the digital solutions lead at The Difference, and uh, I am also a fan of cats. <laughs> you need you need to put your volume up just a oh, teeny sorry. Wing a bit. I'm right, just, I'm just farther away. Oh, well, there we go. Yep. Right. Um, so we've got some great stories. Before I go into them, I want to mention my main sponsor. That's Kinster. Kinster is a specialized WordPress hosting provider. Um, if you're looking for a really um, great hosting provider because you've got a site that needs that extra bit of performance, like you've got a WooCommerce um, a membership website, anything that needs a little bit more oomph, um, you need to go and look at Kinster. Um, can't rate them highly. Great support, great technology, uses Google Cloud. So go over there, have a look at what they've got to offer. For yourself or for your clients and i suggest i suggest that you buy one of their plans if you do do that please do kinster and myself a favor tell them that you heard about them on the wp tonic show so let's go straight into it panel what i learned building a full site editing editing theme so um john what did you reckon of this one Yeah, this so the author on this one, they um, have a theme that they created in 2014, but they were like recreating it as a full site editing theme. Um, all they were changing is how uh, you put together uh, things in the theme. And for the most part, uh, it seems like they were successful, though they said that uh, this did kind of glitch here and there, it wasn't like 100% stable. Um, there is things still changing in the uh, Gutenberg editor. But um, it seems like the WordPress project can get to this goal of having 
a, a full site editing uh, experience, which I think is would be the holy grail of, of this new uh, project. So hopefully they can get there. I think I, I want to add one thing to you. Like one thing that they said is um, that's different from like people who have like uh, built the theme in PHP is some of the things like the, if you have like the, the author byline or the date or stuff like that. I think that they said that all those basically were blocks. You couldn't inline those. That was like one of the things that they said. So it's, it's some of the things you don't have granular control like you would if you were like building your own. All right. What do you reckon, Sally? Um, what I'm stuck on here is is the bit where he's talking about uh, you know, converting the header code into uh, into blocks and how do you get uh, an actual you know header tag versus and then uh, apparently just deciding to give up and just say, well, I'll just you know like div 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 div, which. Um, is a serious problem in terms of semantic HTML and navigation by screen readers and, oh, small difficulties like that. So I, I want to actually see whether that's the code he ended up with or that's just the impression I got uh, reading it. Um, but if that is the case, it, it looks like, you know, we're going to need to, uh, the, the Gutenberg team is going to need to work a little bit to, to make sure that comes out all right. Um, but, you know, I can definitely see um, that once this is a little more finished, uh, you know, people people who are designers or people who think they are designers um, uh, are going to have a you know are going to have a good time uh, being able to uh, you know create an entire design, mostly not having to use any code, uh, <clears throat> but. Um, you know, as as with uh, everything in Gutenberg these days, it is kind of well. Your mileage will vary, uh, and uh, <clears throat> you know, and we'll see if they change it. You know, next month so that everything breaks. Okay, what do you reckon, Andrew? Well, you didn't send me the link, so I just had to Google it and speed read it. Oh, so, oh, sugar. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, I forgot about that. Sorry, so, it's all right. I've done it. This, I think, and I get it that we're going to have to build. But this guy's building a theme, right? So it's a full site editing theme. So if you want to do that, then you're going to have to know some code. There's no doubt about it, because you're going to want to put some stuff in that Gutenberg might not have yet. But it's still you still want to make it to, you know, you want to put in a header block, a footer block, a sidebar block, and, and stuff like that. So you are going to have to code if you're looking at templating. Because even though it's easy to build... A WordPress website with Gutenberg now, and I've built a couple in the last couple of weeks. It's not that easy to build a template just using anything anything else, you know. So if you're if you're a theme builder, you're going to have to know how to code. Simple as that. So I think uh, some of the pitfalls that he's mentioned, putting putting out HTML and stuff like that, we're going to have to face. And let's not forget that Gutenberg is and will be for the next three years beta. So, I, I think his positives and the negatives are, are right on right on point. It's not ready yet. Effectively, that's what he's saying. Yeah, I put the stories into Messenger for you, Andrew. I apologise for that. So have a look. Um, so, what do you reckon, Spencer? The takeaways from this, which are in line with what everyone said, but I mean, my takeaways are 
that first of all, the devil's always in the detail, right? So while Gutenberg has this promise, the difficulty is it's sort of, let's use the metaphor of Lego blocks. I want to make some really cool new building system and I accept that it's going to work in the Lego block world. Well, if my pieces don't actually have those little dimples that snaps together, as soon as somebody gets to the point of wanting to snap my little piece in, everything else becomes frustrating and falls apart, no matter how awesome and cool and everything else, because that one little detail is the linchpin to working. So for example, here, the, the author, Frank, was alluding to something called the WP Auto P, which is this clever little thing that has haunted everybody who develops in WordPress since day one, that it automatically formats paragraph HTML markup whenever there's a space in your writing. But it haunts everybody because it's so unpredictable and so wacky. But now when you add the layer of a block, even something as simple as just I want to make a text you know, block becomes a nightmare because you have to come up with all these archaic rules to come up with the protection over why does this block act a certain way? And it puts you sort of back to square one. Like, why did I bother even starting on this journey when it falls apart? And then the second part is, and, and I'm really excited about, like we talked about with, you know, the Gutenberg hub and so forth. I think that what's going to happen is that when this gets sorted out, it's going to be almost like a Luddite problem. The invention of all these factory machines is going to put all the factory workers out of business. Uh, as soon as Gutenberg starts to be really good at being a native way to drag and drop any design or theme you want, what is the reason anybody needs to make a theme anymore? Well, without that, I, yeah. I, I kind of really, most things I agree with you in a roundabout way, but I don't really agree with you there. But well, I mean, we I'm just saying, like, what will be people? What will people be making? Just a bunch of random blocks? Or I just think you know? I just think you underestimate the inability of the a lot of people to have the vision to lay out even something basic. Um, and I understand why you have that blind spot, but I, I do understand. But I'm saying, like, there is an abundance right now, even as we speak. Look at the Elementor marketplace. There are now two, three, four dozen companies that make blocks for Elementor, many of which are free, many of which are paid. Mm. How many block makers do you need till you've got 800 timeline tools or 8,000? I, totally I totally understand where you're coming from, but I still feel you're, you're not right about this, Spence. I'm sorry. Um, you <laughs> underestimate the inability of people, even with a... Like an enormous library of blocks to put something together, and I'm not being disparaging. It's just that it's like um, if you're really good at mathematics, you really can't understand why people can't do basic al algebra, but an enormous amount of the population can't. So um, there's a difference so between being in the. Hold on, you're you're I think taking what I'm saying to an extension. I'm not saying it. I'm saying there will be more than enough, probably newer opportunities for what I'll call an implementer. Somebody who has reasonably got a good eye. Oh, yeah, that's, that's totally different. Yeah, that's I'm, totally saying, different. I'm saying if you've got drag and drop Legos and there's millions and millions on implementers out there, they're all going to be, I'll build your theme and they're going to use blocks. 
That's different than the people who make the theme that's already pre-baked into something. Because think about it. Right now, if you want to do like a WordPress directory, there's lots of themes on Envato, theme forest that are like pre-baked into directories. But as soon as you want to change something, you can't. Well, if they make it into a block format, how the hell are they going to sell those when there's a million implementers who can just grab free blocks or blocks from their own library and snap them together to exactly cop copy the design? It's I'm saying the theme authors will have no reason to make money there. The implementers will make money. Yeah, I can, I can see that, but you quantified your position. So there we go. So I don't, I don't think heavy. And, and, and yet, I, I mean, you know, you do see that people buy a lot of things for which you would say, but why would you need to buy that? Because it's so easy to make. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if you've got any comment on this ever, or should I go on to the next story? I mean, just basically that uh, for people that are not in WordPress, it is hard to do it, even with blocks. So. Yeah. I mean, for you guys, you're taking it for granted that it, that the blocks are easy. It isn't. Right, yeah, yeah. It's the word of wisdom. Ever gets a gold star for agree with me. So there we go. On to the next one. I didn't pay her for to say that. So there there we go. So on to story two. Um, tech rallies behind Biden in immigration plans. I've got very mixed feelings about this. Right, let's start with Heather. What did you think of this one, Heather? Well, I can understand why you would have mixed Feelings about this one, Jonathan. I mean, you 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 came in on your own, but um, yeah. I mean, as somebody that does a lot of hiring um, of I nine uh, employees uh, internationally, this is very very big deal because um, I was losing uh, a lot of good talent. Um, so under Trump, Trump's idea, uh, and and a lot of people that are against immigration for talent, uh, they're they're saying, oh well, we should have a lot of homegrown people. We should hire Americans first all the time, every time for, uh, for every job. The problem is like, you should also hire the best person for the job. And if that best per person for the job doesn't exist, uh, through our school system or, uh, isn't here in America, then we should hire the best person for the job wherever they are. And, uh, yeah, I, I do understand. My, I think the way it was going wrong is that, Unlike in Canada, um, I don't, first of all, no system can be perfect, but compared um, to the Canadian system, which I, I know a little bit about, um, the American system has been highly, it's obvious that the American system has been abused yeah. to oh, a yeah. certain level. So it definitely, you know, just to go back to what it was, I, I would not support that, but nor would I support the pre under the previous administration's position either. So what do you think of that? I think it needs to be reformed. Like I lived in Mexico for five years and I loved oh, yeah. I loved how it was in, well, read my book and you'd know that. <laughs> I've ordered a copy. So. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, no, in, like when I was in Mexico, uh, we had to go every year, um, with our, uh, documents of like, where do we work? How much money do we have? Like to renew our visa to prove that we could live in the country. And, um, I mean, otherwise we would get deported <laughs> and I mean, we had to show up. And I mean, I hear from other people like in England and, and in Europe and, and that like people that are living overseas, that, 
that immigration is the same, that that's what you do. Oh, it's worse in the UK. Country. They don't like any foreigners in well, the UK. Shut up. Shut right. up. Right. Little, Brit- little Britain, well, you know, with our fortress, these terrible foreigners, well, these yeah, terrible... But that, but that's the thing, like... horrible Polish people. Well, How the, dare they come to England, you know? But that's why, I mean, I just think that we need a similar system to other countries. But the problem is that, like, people here um, are used to the idea that America is for everybody. And we're all immigrants from, like, we all came here to escape persecution from someplace. So you've got the people on the one side that are like, America should be for everyone um, all the time. We're all immigrants. And then on the other side, you've got people that are like, no, we're Americans now. We've been here for 300 years, so we should we should lock it down and then decide what's going on. So, um, like on one side, we've got people that are globalists and say like keep allowing everybody in. We're a melting pot. And on the other side, you got people like no, no, we're a country now. We're like Sweden. Um, we should just keep every, keep keep Americans pure. So it's <laughs> it's a little oh, Sweden. Sweden. that's not but, Sweden. Wait, but, wait, like like um. In what respect could we possibly be like Sweden? That's not Sweden. Sweden, Sweden. I live with a Swedish person. The Swedish are the most welcoming people in the world. <laughs> that, that, I don't know where you got that from. But and the, bad. I, I lived in Norway for a couple of years, and um, I found when they got to know you, they normally brought a bottle out, which they made themselves, and you got yeah. plastered. You got plastered. Uh, I, I've never been in such an alcoholic state as the two years I lived in Norway. But would, you, uh, yeah, would you want to get like Australia, where if I want to, I'm 60 years old, right? If I want to go and live in Australia, I have to put 750000 Australian dollars in the bank, in a bank account, which is a government bank account. They pay you interest, and that stays there for four years. I'm not allowed to touch it. Yeah, I mean, I'm so I'm actually considering doing... I mean, like, I've always been looking at to, like, which investment scheme to have my second passport. Um, And, like, I mean, (laughs) like, like Panama is the easiest, obviously. You just have to put a little bit of money in for, like, five weeks and you're done. Um, And, like, a lot of people go to the Caymans because it's, like, $180,000 or something. Australia is easy for somebody my age because you can just get a tech visa, be there for two years, and you're done. Um, But, like... Uh, I know a lot of people are freaking out, like they're getting PTSD from the Australia, like the way they handled COVID because they were just locked in their homes for for six months, same as Malaysia. But the, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as as the Australian government, like taking $700,000 for, like if you've already got it in, in the bank and you're already getting your social security draw at that money, like, I mean, Australia costs way too much money for people to live in, but maybe like, I mean... For some people, that's... They've got snakes and spiders and alligators. Yeah, they have got horrible things, but they are the epitome of a country built on on immigrants, and yet they have one of the most xenophobic um, immigration policies going. It's crazy. Well, they kill your cats if you come there, too. (laughs) Shock horror. They kill your cats. They don't let you bring cats in. No, no, they don't. I, I they always don't. preferred, I knew loads of Australians. I always found them a bit noisy. <laughs> I prefer, I prefer, I prefer New Zealanders anyway. I, I used to get on with them better than as bloody Aussies. They're fucking loud mouths, most of them. Uh, um, so, <laughs> I 
overtime. Shoot, what do you think about this? <laughs> he started. He's having one of his own. Hey, what what about this immigration thing? Or yeah, about? Of uh, I don't know. I can't really can't because I'm not American, so I don't know. I, I, you know, I hear about the undocumented people, but I think that anybody that goes to another country as a foreign person, me included, should register every year, like Heather said. In, in, in yeah. there's why? Why would you not want to do that? You know, it's about it's the same argument as having an ID card. I, we've all got ID cards. I've got a passport. I've got a driving license. What's so wrong with having another ID card? If I need to go to the hospital, I've got to quote my NI number or my name and my address and my phone number and whatever. Why are people against ID ID cards? Why are people against people registering for residency every single year? You have to do it in Spain. You have to do it in France. You have to do it in Italy. You know, even in, in, in when during EU days, which we're now out of, you still had to go, I've got a house in Spain. You had to say, you had to go every year to say how often you went over to your house in Spain. Crazy. But a, a, a legitimate thing and pay you $20 or 20, 20 euros for your re-registration fee. You know, I've got friends who are residencies, res, have residency in Spain. They were worried about Brexit. There's no problem. They've been there for years and they'll continue to have their residency. This is the problem with immigration. The problem with immigration is people. Why would you not want to register and be recognised as a resident to get the benefits of the country if they have one, especially the UK with our NHS system? Just register. What's, what's where's, where's your issue? I don't get it. Yeah, but, yeah, I understand. Over to, well, is, over okay. to you, Spencer. What do you think? Man, this just shines a light on the problems where politics game the immigration system in favour of corporations or in some cases against for reasons that don't align with the, the marketplace. So for example, with the whole gaming of the perm uh, process, you know, the situation was they had rules that said you had to like put the job up for Americans to try to get for a certain amount of time and blah, 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 blah. And then only then could people be brought in and so forth. But what happens is if there's not an appropriate alignment between the process and the outcome, or there's not an appropriate alignment between the realities of who will take a job and is qualified for a job and not, then what happens, it gets gamed in favor of those who make a living from gaming the system. I mean, for example, in the case of immigration, there's an entire industry based upon getting really smart people into the country just because there's rules that allow you to get in. Now, do we know that those people want to come in to make babies and like take away stuff from Americans? No, we don't know that they're going to do harm or any of these bad things. But in the hands of politicians, those become talking points. In the hands of corporation, those become, we've got you by the short hairs, so you're going to do what we say for pennies on the dollar because otherwise you're going to get kicked out of the country. And all the way down the line to the implementers and the accountants and the CPAs and everybody else. So the, the difficulty we face with something like this is that when you connect an issue of being able to come into a country of opportunity like America with laws that are enacted by people who have other incentives, weird stuff will always happen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say pause for a second because my truck is here. I'll be right oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah. What do you reckon, John? 
Yeah, so the tech companies are behind this because this was affecting H-1B visas, and they were not able to recruit talent from other countries. But in a more general sense, this plan, uh, it offers a eight-year pathway to citizenship, which I don't think should be controversial. Eight years. I mean, so I don't think that that should be controversial. But honestly, you know, there are undocumented people that are here um, because there are a lot of jobs that rely on undocumented labor. And that is a fact. There's a lot of employers that they encourage people to come over, um, you know, undocumented. So, um, but the problem is, is this past administration, they introduced legislation that, um, I wouldn't even say a problem because it starts it starts becoming like a a, a class thing, <laughs> but it basically just brushed everybody with the same brush, like no matter where you're from or like why you were here or not. Um, it basically just said like if you're from another country, like we're gonna you know restrict this more, and I think that was an attempt more to like play to the base of that administration where they, they see everybody is trying to steal jobs. When the fact is, is nobody's going to do those jobs except for undocumented um, people. But the problem is it was affecting tech talent that, re- that relied on other people coming over to, with their computer science degrees or whatever to uh, work on Facebook or Google. And that was affecting them. And that's why they support this plan. So anyway, yeah. Um, let, let Sally finish. What do you reckon, Sally? Uh, well, it's, I mean, you know, um, I married a man from another country. And uh, part of the reason it took us 16 years to get married was trying to navigate the immigration system that, you know, I came back to the U.S. Uh, a couple of years before 9-11. After 9-11, everything got more complicated. Um it, there was a possibility he was going to get a, a job at a tech company with an H-1B visa, but, you know, also more or less, you know, kind of at the same time as, as dealing with 9-11. Just before, we had the bottom fall out of the tech industry with the first uh, dot-com bubble. So lots of adventures. And, um, you know, it was definitely not a matter of like, uh, you go and, uh, you know, sign in and have a quick chat and, pay a small amount of money. It, it costs a lot of money, a lot of paperwork, a lot more paperwork when they decide the first set of paperwork you filed was insufficient. Um, you know, uh, various trips to and, and interviews with uh, people and still uh, after that, no access to any type of means-tested benefits and, until you've paid in for 40 quarters. So, um, you know, it's, it's a non-trivial process uh, to immigrate uh, legally. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's totally apart from whether you want to become a, a, a citizen or uh, not. Uh, so, uh, it's, a, it's a thorny issue. I mean, obviously, I'm in favor of some immigration being possible. Um, uh, you know, I would have probably stayed in England if I'd had any right to, uh, but I didn't, so I left. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be easily solved, but the uh, kind of cater to the gut instinct, xenophobia, 
uh, is does not seem to be uh, to me to be the the way to solve it. And um, you know, it, it's true that. Uh, the U.S. doesn't necessarily produce a lot of uh, highly skilled uh, science people, although you know there are various individual places trying to uh, change that. There could be there could be a lot more done. It just needs like like a lot of things. It needs a lot bit of common sense, but but that's asking a lot, isn't it? So uh, uh, well, it is uh, if you're talking about politics. Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll go for our break. We'll be back. We've got some, got some great more stories. Got a great panel as well. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Launch Flows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry, we've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. Had a good discussion so far. So on to the next one. So, um, <clears throat> Unfortunately, our fellow panel member, Matt Madeus, couldn't join us today. Basically, his wife um, is a a nurse and uh, she's dealing with helping people with the pandemic. And so he's looking after their children. So I think they've got something, they're doing great work, him and his wife. So, um, but uh, Matt has um, been very vocal on a previous story that we discussed. I think last week, um, which was around um, WordPress um, automatic, um, saying that they would now be, um, well, it didn't make it totally clear, but they were offering a service to build websites for just slightly under $5,000. And Matt, I thought, did a fantastic job of responding to this. So um, let's start with Alan. What did you think of Matt Medeiros and uh, what he had to say? I don't know what Alan thinks about it, but Andrew probably thinks... Um, little... <laughs> oh, sorry, Andrew, sorry. Oh, God. And you guessed, yeah, I'll get you. Um, well, shall I read what you're I very wrote? Te- you're very techy to testy today, aren't you? Well, well hey, he's already mentioned that he's had a he's lot had a of great, day. You can tell he's had a rough day. Right. You got it. Yeah, right. It's been 10. Shall I tell you what I replied? Yeah. 
on his view to. Should, should we buy the hand that has fed us for years through innovation, community building and accessibility for all? Maybe. I see this video as a reminder to Matt Mullenweg that people are watching. People are concerned and people worry that all and sundry will be taken from them. I saw the same complaints when Divi started producing layouts in the builder, but zero complaints that Elementor had them in from the start, or when Elementor put a pop-up builder in their core. The same when Divi started putting stuff in that was in the wild. Makers have a thin line. That sometimes needs to be navigated carefully, and when that line is crossed, the users rebel, they gripe, they snipe, and they say, you are not interested in us. Should the maker be a distributor? And it goes on for that. But my comments on YouTube, and it's a, it's a big one. I know. Paul, and Paul, I, I, and I, I agree with a lot. You may be you the only person I've ever heard of who wrote like a civil and articulate comment on YouTube. Ah, it's a bit, it's a whole, there's like two paragraphs. That was the first paragraph. But my, my you know, I know Jonathan, and, and I am, I'm slightly perturbed the automatic and matt have the matt has this angel investing more you know maureen or whatever it's called or something some weird name and moira i don't know but yeah. matt has enriched himself on the back of wordpress right there's no doubt about that if you deny that then you're just a just go away. I don't want to talk to you. And I don't mind that, actually. No, well, yes, he's I got mean, a perfect right to. Listen, we have no problem with money. it, actually. Are you, John, Spencer, are you making money out of WordPress? Yes or no? Yes, of course. Yeah, so am I. It's brilliant. But the point is, is that because Matt always goes on like a dripping tap about open source, it's free, it's this, it's that, he's made a He's dug a hole for himself. So whenever he wants to put something into WordPress, which is made by Automatic, or wants to offer a commercial service, like WooCommerce.com is offering $4,900 websites, he gets criticized. But to spin it, the positive is, and I used it last week, it was beautiful. I sent a customer of mine that I quoted $5,500 sorry, $5 to do a website for, and they said, "Well, that's that's too expensive." And I said, "Well, what's your what's your um, benchmark? Because my benchmark is the fact that WordPress.com will build you a basic website for forty nine hundred dollars." And I sent him to the the blog post. Guess what? I got the job. It's great. It's great. We've got a benchmark now. WooCommerce.com will charge you forty nine hundred dollars for a, a crap website, basically. That's what I said last week. Yeah, and now, I mean, and, and we've talked about it. I've talked about it elsewhere that that's a, you know, it's, a possibility. That's a bar at forty nine hundred to start. Yeah, forty nine hundred to start your basic website. <clears throat> Brilliant! It's fant It's almost too clever to be true. It didn't happen by accident. I tell you, there's no no way. And I, and there will be people that will go to to dot com and have their website built, and hopefully they'll be happy. But if they're not, there's loads of other developers out there or web developers or project managers like me that will take on their website. But, and my, my last point on this is that um, I felt that Matt, and I wish he was here today because I say this to his face, I thought Matt, that I thought that video from Matt just sounded like sour grapes. It was just so bitter. It did a little bit. I'm really stuck between the two Macs. I just want to quickly make my own position clear before I throw it to the rest of the panel. I'm really stuck between the two camps, really. Because um, I do agree, I do love uh, Matt Medeiros, Um, 
but it did come across as a little, it was a, a tin sour, as I would put it. But the other Matt, um, I'm just fed up with his gaslighting, you know. I really, you know, I don't know who he thinks he's kidding. Um, I'm just, just had a, it's like somebody asking me to, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go that metaphor, but I'm just fed up with his gaslighting, you know. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I actually, you know, I even understand why um, Automatic have to build a page builder. I actually think it's quite necessary. It's just the way he, just the way it was done. Um, The total inability um, to handle the project without basically just crapping on people and just the way he communicates. He, he's just awful. It's well, how just... do you, Jonathan, how do you communicate the fact that WooCommerce.com, which is a commercial operation, turns over millions a year, offers the best affiliate system in the world, as far as I'm concerned, for, for you referring a VIP customer to them? You can make a fortune just by referring people to them. But the point is, how do you address the fact that it's a, 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 a commercial operation. We have the same problem here. We've got bbc.co.uk website, which is non-commercial and paid for by me out of my taxes and my, my license fee. And then we have bbc.com throwing adverts over and BBC Worldwide, which mm-hmm. is a commercial operation that grew from a, a government-funded, people-funded business. I resent more the fact that the BBC take... 14, 15 quid a month from me for my, my TV license, and it goes all to them. And then they have a commercial global operation where they pay, we, I'm paying for their TV programs to be made, and they sell them to America for gazillions of dollars. That, that's, and I don't get anything back. It's the same thing. WooCommerce, uh, sorry. Um, automatic. Automatic owns WooCommerce.com. Right, it's a commercial operation. Yes, I got nothing wrong. I got nothing against you know that. Thirty-seven percent of the top five or ten million websites are powered by WooCommerce, or by by uh, WordPress. But it's another competitor out of the forty thousand competitors we've got. Who cares? Why get bitter about it? It's just let them carry on. Do you got a point there? You, you, I see your point. What do you reckon, Spencer? The Disingenuous nature of of WordPress Matt, not not um, not the video Matt. Well, Matt Mullenweg is reminds me of a metaphor. Uh, it's an old joke, and I'll keep it gender neutral. But somebody wants to uh, take somebody else to bed, and the person says, I- "I'm not going to do it." So they say, "Will you do it for a hundred dollars?" And the person <laughs> says, "No." We do it for a thousand dollars. Person says, "No." Will you do it for a million dollars? They go, "Yeah, okay, I'll do it for a million dollars." And they go, okay, fine. I'll give you a dollar. They go, whoa, you just said you would pay me a million dollars to sleep with you. I said, no. What we just established is that you're a whore, and now we're just negotiating. And I think the problem we have here is that Matt has extended his warranty on his little routine from 2006, 10 years or so beyond its shelf life of, like, we all know it's a commercial enterprise, as Andrew said. Stop the shtick and now come out and say, Hey, 
in order to make this go to the next generation level, we're going to make money and we're going to make money by doing certain things. And here's what we're going to do for you guys. We're going to do like Heather says, and we're going to, we're going to set the benchmark. The cost yeah. of a basic website is five G's. Anybody who wants to make websites, we just did you a favor. And we're not asking you for a piece of your action, but we like, let's just be adults here and start negotiating on what we're really talking about. Because that's, that's all he has to do, isn't it? All he has to do is give a, um, a two, three, three-year road plan and say, but, you know, we, we still want the community. We still want you people to be on board. There'll still be a place for you. But, you know, offer some real leadership. But what you get from him, you just get this vacillation, this gas lighting crap that he spills out consistently. And I've just had a stomach full of it. I really have. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, so, I mean, me personally, I'm not worried about this because, for one, I don't think that it's going to catch on. I I don't believe that people go to wordpress.com to have an unknown person that they don't, you know, they don't know who's building their website and more than likely this is getting outsourced. I think they did before they, uh, well, yeah, they, they met, they mentioned that they went to Upwork the last time, which which was, you know, and I'm kind of like, yeah, that's um, super confidence inspiring. I mean, I guess it's good that they're establishing a price for a website. I mean, but I, you know, I, maybe it'll give people the confidence to, to charge more for that, but, I think that this decision is more uh, about them taking on VC money and they're trying to just get growth in any way that possible that they can. Now, I think what Matt Medeiros is upset about, or, or at least I, I, I won't speak for him, but I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I, I think that the whole idea of asking agencies and freelancers and all this you know, different people that are in the WordPress community to give 5% of their time or 5% of their payroll to building WordPress, the product, which is what it is, the WordPress, the product, um, and subsidize it for for Matt Mullenweg to do an IPO down the line. <laughs> yeah, I think a- that's, what, that's what the resentment's about. It's not the fact that like, hey, we all make money off of WordPress. He's I mean, got to. Like, he's got to be kidding, isn't he? You, you know, talk but, about but, gaslighting yeah, that, people. You got to be kidding, mate! I'm not working for you for free. You can go and stick it up your ass. You know, but that's what people have been sold on for like so long. But I see a lot more people getting, you know, disillusioned with that because it's. Here's the thing: it's the community doesn't have a say in the direction of the product but the community is expected to pitch in free labor. And I think that that's the problem. This product itself, the offering, I do not believe that it's going to catch on. I don't think that they're going to sell a whole ton of $4,900 websites, but you know, if, if it's appropriate, yeah, then definitely you should, you know, bump up your prices. Um, John, just no. to interrupt you rudely there. The, yeah, go ahead. Well, it, I, I, I'm absolutely on the opposite side of the table from you. It will work. The, the WordPress.com works. They charge. There's a couple of a couple of hundred thousand a month. They're charging people for hosting. 
you know, 15 grand a month is the minimum charge for WordPress.com VIP hosting. And your commission on that as an affiliate is 50%. It's astounding. So you get one guy at 100 grand and it's 50% forever. If, if you get into the affiliate program and, and they choose people blind, not blindly, you have to really jump through hoops. But you, in their first year, it's 100% commission. Yep. Up to a well, seat. So I don't know how they managed to subsidize that. Okay, that's hosting, but I don't think that this is going to catch on because this isn't hosting. This is building a website. Right, and so I can build only me a website and then host it. Build me a website and host it. Who's building it? But see, here's the problem. Who's building it? And I only say this because I talk to all kinds of other people that outsource labor, that have outsourced labor in the past whether it's IT companies or other marketing people or, you know, other people that, that are in the website game and have outsourced projects to, you know, whoever they outsource it to. And a lot of the time they're unsatisfied with the results. I used to get a ton of projects that were WordPress rescue projects because people outsourced to different places and they were unhappy with what they got back. That's why I say, I don't think this will turn out, to be like this big, you know, product because people want to know who's building their site and are they going to get a, you know, a good quality thing just yeah, because WordPress.com totally, is doing it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I totally agree with you, John, but I think the main thing is it, it's, um, it's the kind of atmosphere and it's the vacuum. It's the lack of a road plan. So, so Heather, do you, a slightly um, outside outlook. Do you think um, what a few people like Matt Medeas and other people get a bit upset is that there's a bit of a vacuum. There doesn't seem to be a clear public roadmap um, from the public head of what you can call WordPress, whatever that is. Um, can you follow why there might be a little bit of upset because there seems to be a vacuum? Uh, I've said it before. I don't think that they are beholden to give you their their public roadmap. They're a large company and um, they're able to do what they want to do. And as much as they can communicate, then that's what they should do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. All right. Um, I think we have to cut the other two stories because we need to go on to our recommendations of the week. Um, so my recommendation is a, a new SMTP free plugin called Fluent SMTP. It comes from the people Fluent CRM and Fluent Forms. And they've seemed to have done a really fantastic job. We've had a look at it ourselves, me and my team, and it seems to have been really coded up really well. So going to have a look at that for yourself or for your clients fluent smtp plugin and it's freely available um and it looks pretty good um andrew got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and i've forgotten what it is but because you didn't remind me so just get, move on move on swiftly oh, yeah. move on, and then i'll get on to it yeah sure no problem um heather have you got anything you want to recommend yeah, for those of you that write blogs on WordPress, um, I recommend that you try out a new thing with GPT-3 uh, called Copy AI. It gives you um, little blurbs uh, that you can use uh, and uh, generates 
uh, headlines for you. So marketing copy, uh, Twitter posts, Facebook posts, uh, all with just a little, uh, you just put your notes in and it generates them for you. Oh, fantastic. Well, do put the link into chat ever because it helps me. Spencer, have you got anything you want to recommend? Um, usually I recommend plugins this week. It's an older story from last week, but uh, that original COVID-19 bill had allegedly started a 180-day countdown for UFO disclosures, which is fascinating. It's a topic I like to follow, but because there had been some revelations from, uh, the, I think it was the Air Force or the Navy, um, I, I feel like we're living in very interesting times, but the fact that they do what we call pork belly bills, you know, which is to say, this was supposed to be a bill about COVID and it was 6,500 pages long and everybody threw in everything. It's really weird when somebody throws in a UFO disclosure bill. I mean, just worthy enough to pay attention to, I wonder why this is coming in at this time. So, you know, for those who are into new age or sci-fi, uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. There's still a couple months left yeah. on this. I always do. It was the lizard people running this. I always, I always had mine. I mean, you know, go right to Stonehenge, man. You're I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so when they start flicking their tons out, you know. Oh, no. uh, right. <laughs> so, so, Sally, Sally, got anything you want to recommend? Actually, it would make more sense if it was you, lizard people from that, you know. But, uh, I wish it was. It would make more sense, really. Sorry, Sally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. I just realized I uh, uh, sent the uh, 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 sent the link directly to uh, uh, John, who was the last person who posted versus uh, uh, the group. Uh, it's a small uh, uh, plugin created by one of my uh, meetup members called Plugin Notes Plus. I've been working on reviewing a client's site that I built a few years ago and just going through and checking, like, are some of these plugins here not being maintained anymore? Are there potential issues if we want to rebuild? And it just gives you a little uh, uh, column in your, uh, you know, in the list of plugins where you can write any notes about it. Oh, that's useful. Um, John, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, this is an article from uh, Pearl Lemon, and this is talking about the uh, differences between pay-per-click and SEO. Which should you invest in uh, for your business, you know, depending on the conditions, uh, which one will give you the most ROI? And there's uh, some different marketing leaders that, that weigh in on this. So check it out. Also, I want to say too, uh, a member of the WordPress community recently passed away. And I want to say my condolences to Dan Beal and his family and friends. Um, I only knew him a little bit. I never met him in real life. Only knew him online. And, um, you know, yeah. it's sad that he's no longer with us. So. So, Andrew, your recommendation? Well, to say I forgot it, I always forget it, but it's basically, it's a it's a thing called Slice WP. I've always had a bit of a gripe about affiliate plugins and how they're not, they're just not easy to use. You know, they're just, and I've run a marketplace and I've had other things where you know i'd like affiliates to come in and you know stuck with yith and stuck with w affiliate wp and all that kind of stuff and they're expensive 
and they're difficult to use. Yes, they do free versions or whatever, but Slice WP, it's amazing. And it's not anything that I can really explain. It just works. You put it in, you set the affiliate rate, you set the tier rates, you're done. You set your payment to affiliates. It does automatic affiliate payments and it's just easy and and it's cheap compared to the others. You know, you're looking at 79 bucks for a personal per year, 139 extended for a year. I don't know what that that extension means and and for professional 189. Oh, the the, the professional's got PayPal payouts add-on. And that you need that. I mean, if you are professional and you're you're, you've got a lot of affiliates coming in, $189 is a cup of tea basically for a year for nothing, isn't it? It's like 40 cents a day or something. It's nothing to run a a well run affiliate system, um, as opposed Mm -hmm. to affiliate WP, which is outrageously expensive. There you go. That's my recommendation for the week. I'm using it. We're going to be using it on wahi.io. All right, great. Um, Wyatt panel, I'm going to let you uh, so Heather, how, what's the best way people can find out more about you and what you're up to Heather? I'm Heather Riel on all the internets and uh, you can also buy my book on amazon.com Let's <laughs> go and go buy a book um, What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Uh, birth of a Unicorn 66 Oh yeah, yeah, no, I've heard of this, this is, you're, you're doing a little bit of yeah, I've heard of this, it's great <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Brilliant. The Unicorn Whisperer. Uh, Rob, so, Andrew, how can people find out? Well, you can, get me, you can find me on Clubhouse at, at Arnie Palmer. So there. And you can also find me on Twitter at Arnie Palmer. And you can find me on wahi.io as well. Andrew's always welcome on the show. He always Thank makes you. me laugh. He always puts me in my place as well. You know, <laughs> there we go. Uh, Rob, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Sally, how can people find out all about you? What are you up to? Basically, I am um, either at Sally Getch or at WP Fangirl pretty much everywhere. Website is WPFangirl.com. That's great. And my friend Spencer, how can people find out more about you, Spencer? Uh, you can have a free call with me over at uh, help at uh, launchflows.com or you can find the link on the front page of WPFusion.com if you're interested in marketing mm-hmm. automation, membership, Commerce and more. So they can have a chat with you. Do they get biscuits and um, cup of tea and some biscuits? A virtual one, of course. Yeah, good. That's nice to hear. Um, so, John, how can people find out more about you? What are you up to? Uh, yeah, two places. My website, lockdownseo.com, or go to my YouTube channel. Just search Lockdown SEO or John Lock SEO. So that's, that's it. That's- that's great. We'll see you next week, folks, for another great round table, another great panel. Always, It's always great fun to have the panel and have a, a discussion about WordPress and the internet in general. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 